Welcome to Beyond the Field, a property and finance series powered by Money Empire. The content you're about to hear is designed to educate and inspire you to tick off your property and finance goals. And when we say beyond the field, we mean your field, whatever that may be. Money Empire is an experienced financial advisory firm with over 10 years experience. We deal in this world day in, day out and want to give you, the loyal listener, exclusive access to behind the scenes of the property and finance industry. We've helped thousands of clients with their financial journeys, everything from first home buyers right through to managing clients with extensive property portfolios from New Zealand and abroad. Each week, BTF includes special guest episodes. We chat with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, sports stars, and the stories of everyday people. Now it is your turn to take back control of your future. So kick back and absorb. talk today about housing stocks versus housing prices and before we get into it I just want to read some of these stats out um, that have been published in the media so nine regions in New Zealand have hit a 13 year record low for stock that's available on the market with seven reporting an all-time high for asking prices and this is according to realestate.co.nz nationally the total number of homes available for sale in November was down almost 17% compared to November 2019. And nine regions recorded a 13-year record low in stocks on this. That's despite a 14.5% year-on-year increase in new listings. So those stats tell me a story with housing stocks versus housing prices. And the first thing that we do know is that when there is um, less houses on the market and there's more buyers, what happens? It drives up prices. 100%. And I was just going to say, when you look back to COVID, when this all started in terms of the big lockdown and how many articles did we see coming from economists, coming from the bank, talking about a correction, a market drop by 10, 12, 15% left, right and centre. It's gone completely the opposite way mm. which is just crazy we're talking a, like we said on the earlier episode 20 percent increase in terms of house prices year on year that it's crazy it's like the old 2015 16 um okay. housing boom my personal opinion on this is that why are we trying to blame the housing market the housing market is, is actually providing a lot of um credit fluidity around the country at the moment. So when I mean that, I mean that people are borrowing money to spend money on tourism around New Zealand, on consumer, on retail, on property. This flows into so many walks of life, onto small businesses. So I don't think we should be laying blame and saying the property market's the issue. I think it's very hard to understand the crux of it, but I personally think that the property market is keeping New Zealand afloat at the moment. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, and unfortunately, look, the people that miss out here is going to be your low to medium income earners. Like, And there will be people in New Zealand who will never, unfortunately, be able to get on the property ladder. So Issa, if we're talking about housing stocks, how do we increase these? Like we know or you know from the coalface that developers are struggling to get finance. 
council can't push through consents and subdivisions and, and that fast enough. What are some of the things that could be done or, or the issues that could be rectified? Well, it's sort of the golden question and it's something that's been discussed massively even over the last 10 years. I remember in 2010 there was a housing stock shortage. I remember in 2015 there was a housing stock shortage. Um, there was, there's been campaigns of um, bringing Kiwis back from Australia to boost the um, building market and to help developers. Um, year on year, this unfortunately hasn't occurred and hasn't sped up the production of um, the amount of stock available. There was a unitary plan in New Zealand that released uh, sort of 2,000 new homes, Alkumi Huapai Way, and all these steps. Um, unfortunately, though, as life just continues to tick on and all the perfect storm of what we've already discussed uh, comes to fruition, there still aren't enough houses going up. Absolutely. I think one thing that I would say on this is that the old Kiwi, I suppose, psyche or dream was to own a quarter-acre section um, with a brick-and-tile home, with a nice backyard, trampoline, with a family. Those days are gone. We now need to move into high-density living if we want to live in the inner cities or the cities of like Auckland and, and Christchurches and, and, um, and Wellingtons and we need to build up not out to create a housing stock and the mindset of an, uh, an average Kiwi to get their head around this has to change to say well I might bring up my family in a townhouse or in an apartment and the grass might not be on my level it might be down and it's shared and that's a mindset that you look overseas is there yep. we just don't have that yet. No nah, and that's a, and that's a that's a cultural shift within New Zealand um, people that have been fortunate to live outside of New Zealand and the likes of Europe um, and the likes of Japan elsewhere there's a lot of vertical housing or there's a lot of terraced housing and that's been the norm for a long amount long time um, but when you're talking about a cultural shift and moving away from the quarter acre patch, unfortunately that's not going to happen overnight. That's probably not even going to happen over 10 years. But I think we'll see gradual shifts with the new generation trying to get into first homes um, that just fall completely out of what we're used to. Goran, we sat in a, um, uh, in a seminar with a town planner. That's right. And it was so interesting to see the divide in this concept of high density living going up as to having to urban sprawl and go out. And the older people in the room were up in arms about it. They didn't want 10 bins sitting at the front of their driveway that they share with other people and all this kind of stuff. The younger generation in there sat there and said, well, if that's what we've got to do, we may have to go around that. Yeah, totally. And I know when this was all being played out at that seminar, people were really raising their eyebrows and, oh, this is not going to happen. Well, it is happening, but it's just not happening quick enough. And they tried to change these rules with bringing in the unitary plan and getting everything zoned mm -hmm. as, as to determining what people that are sitting on a bit of land can actually do with it. Mm. But just going back to what you said before, you can still buy that Kiwi dream in terms of a white picket fence on a quarter acre section, but it's just going to cost you a shit ton more. Yeah, agree. So just to finish things off, the national average asking price for a Kiwi property right now is $797,000, which is 17% increase on November 2019. So that to me tells you a real big stat nationally. Uh, there's something going on. So look, this was a, a chat through housing stocks versus housing prices. There is no magic um, or, or crystal ball to this. It's how do we rectify things and how do we change people's mindsets in property? 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on this episode and hundreds more, you can visit us at Beyond the Field Podcast on all social platforms. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now it's your turn to take control and build your empire beyond your field.